Welcome to episode 24 of the Tax Professionals podcast. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the ATT and CTA Continued Professional Development, or CPD, requirements. In particular, we are going to be talking about ways that you can meet these effortlessly but effectively. Welcome to the Tax Professionals podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you improve your tax career. Here's your host, Jack Bonehill. Whilst doing my CTA, I remember feeling a bit worried about the CPD uh, requirements. At the time, the CPD requirements for CTA were 90 hours a year, and that felt like a lot. I was thinking that the only way to do CPD was through traditional courses, uh, and these courses can cost hundreds of pounds at a time, and a lot of them require attendance in person. Would I have to incur all these costs myself? Would I need to use my holiday for CPD? Or would my employer provide CPD at work? These are a few points that I was thinking about, because if I needed to do 90 hours fully self-funded, that could be a huge personal cost in terms of both money and time. I've now been doing CPD for my CTA for a few years. My last exam was in November 2018. It turns out that it's actually pretty straightforward to do. For a start, the requirements have fortunately changed from a time input to an output-based approach. I think that is so much better, as it is now based on quality of CPD, not time spent. There are also so many different things that you can do that count towards your CPD, a lot more than you probably think, certainly more than what I thought. So really, it turns out that I had no reason to worry, but you may be feeling like I did, and so in this episode, I'm going to briefly explain the requirements of CPD and what it is, give you some tips on how you can approach CPD to meet the requirements, share with you some of my favourite ways to do CPD, let you know what the CIOT and ATT's guidance says counts as CPD. The CIOT and ATT's guidance is really good and thorough, and so I can highly recommend that you take a look at this on top of listening to this episode. A link to that will be in the show notes at thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash ttpp24. Without further ado, let's get to it. First off, I just want to talk a little bit about exactly what CPD is and what the requirements are of it. And just in case you don't know, CPD just stands for Continued Professional Development. Uh, And CPD is all about maintaining and developing your skills and knowledge that you need in order to perform your duties as a tax professional competently. Now, of course, it's going to be of paramount importance that you have the technical tax knowledge in order to perform your job, but CPD isn't actually just about tax knowledge. It's about any skills that you need to perform your skills adequately and competently. So, for example, if you're in a advisory role, then you will need to be able to provide advice, whether that's verbally or in writing. Uh, If you're managing staff, you need to be able to do that effectively so that if they're doing pieces of work that's going out to clients, that you are able to review it properly, for example. Um, and, and manage risks in that regards and you know the same type of things we'll be going for in-house there's going to be plenty of skills that you need to perform your duties well um, outside of tax knowledge so just bear that in mind and don't just focus on tax knowledge so the actual phrase within the regulations for doing CPD for both the ATT and CTA is that it says members are required to perform such CPD as is appropriate to their duties. And there are some exceptions where a member doesn't need to do CPD, but there's very few circumstances of this. And 
if you think that you might be exempt from doing CPD, then I can just suggest that you go and take a look at the ATT and CTA's guidance, which explains that pretty clearly. So CPD needs to be done within each CPD year, which is just a normal calendar year. And within that calendar year, you need to do such CPD as is appropriate to your duties. So you need to, you need to decide exactly what that is. And I'll come on to that a little bit uh, later on in the episode. Uh, and within each CPD year, you need to self-certify that you have done CPD that is in line with the requirements. Um, and you also need to be able to substantiate why what you have done meets the requirements if you are questioned about it. So that will require you to keep some form of records to say what you have done during the CPD year. And I'll come back onto records a little bit later in the episode. Now that you have an idea of what CPD is and what the requirements will be for you if you're ATT or CTA qualified and a member of the professional body, um, then you kind of need to think about how exactly that you can go about approaching and doing your CPD within a CPD year. So what the CIOT and ATT suggests is actually that you make a plan at the start of the year and that you kind of do things such as identifying your existing knowledge, skills and competences, looking for areas where you need to develop and maintain your knowledge. So for example, if you've had a change in role or there's some new legislation or you want to go into a different role at some point in the future, then you might need to do CPD to develop skills in some areas where you might not have built the relevant skill yet. And then once you've had to think about all of those things, they say to develop a plan for the year. There is a form on the CIOT and ATT website which you can use to document this plan and then also to document what exactly you end up doing within the year. And so the CIOT and ATT do kind of understand that the requirements for your CPD may change throughout the year so that you can, so you can of course change your plan. So when I was looking at exactly what I needed to do as part of my CPD to make sure that I meet the requirements, I just thought personally that this formal plan at the start of the year was a bit overkill for me because I don't really work in that way. And I suppose the main reason for that is I knew that my requirements were going to change throughout the year. So I would just be amending and changing that plan so often. So for me, it was a bit overkill. But when I was going through the guidance, what I realized was that a lot of the activities that I do naturally on a day-to-day basis do actually count towards my CPD. So over the course of the week, I use guidance, whether it's HMRC or other guidance, and even legislation numerous times throughout the week, whether that's on a question that I already think I know the answer to and I just want to make sure, or whether it's in some circumstances a question that I don't actually know the answer to straight away. So I'll do that naturally on the job and then maybe discuss it with a colleague or have it reviewed, etc. I also read all the tax advisor magazines um, in relation to articles that are related to working in employment taxes, which is the area I work in, and, and also any other areas that take my interest so that kind of just builds up my general awareness of, of tax and other areas in case I I need that um, and then just anyway I do kind of just approach every day as a CPD day almost because I'm always looking for ways to improve and develop so I'm asking for lots of feedback throughout the week from from numerous people uh, and taking it on board and so that allows me to be very self-aware on the areas that I need to improve at and and also maintain 
I imagine that you're also going to have some activities that you do which just naturally count towards your CPD that you do on a day-to-day basis. So it's just about figuring out what those are so that you can make sure that you record that activity. A later section in this episode will help you to do that. So as well as the activities that I naturally do that count towards my CPD, there's also areas that do not fall into that category. And so when I'm working and I realise that I need better knowledge in a certain area or that I need to improve a certain skill, then I will put it on a list which is essentially a running list of the areas that I want to improve in or any technical knowledge that I want to improve upon. And so then when I'm looking to do some, let's call it unnatural activity, something that I'm I'm going to have to go out my way to do, then I will look at that list and think what's the biggest priority right now, what should I be working on right at this second If it's something to do with tax knowledge, then I can research this using guidance such as HMRC guidance, legislation, or even discussing it with colleagues. And if it's a soft skill, what I like to do in the main is read some form of professional development book outside of work and then implement what I learned from those books into my my day-to-day activities. My favourite book that I've read so far around soft skills is definitely a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Um, I've actually done a previous episode that's a spin on that, which is Seven Habits of Highly Effective Tax Professionals. So if you're interested in that, uh, go and check out that episode. A link will be in the show notes and there will also be a link to the book. As well as books, I sometimes use courses, uh, particularly where this comes to like IT skills in some way, so like using wording in a better way or even uh, getting better at Excel, then I would probably use an online course in some way. And a website that I really like actually for doing that is Skillshare because you can just buy basically a monthly subscription for like £10 a month and um, you get access to all the courses on that website and there is a lot. So it's a good value for money, that one. So I suppose what I'm trying to get across by telling you about how I approach CPD and the journey I've gone through for figuring out what works for me is that you also just need to figure out what works best for you. I think CPD is going to be completely unique to you as a person. So you're going to have to, you're going to, have to come up with your own approach. And so what I suggest is that you come up with your own approach that works for you and just make sure that your approach uh, meets the requirements set out by the ATT and CIOT. So you obviously need to do CPD, which we've already talked about, but you also need to keep a record of the CPD that you undertake so that you can substantiate that you have actually met the requirements set out by ATT and the CIOT. So records must be kept for the current CPD year and also for another three years on top of that. You can record your CPD in any way that you like and the ATT and CIOT actually have a form that you can use I've already mentioned it is the one that you use that you can use to pull your plan together you can also use that to record your CPD but I don't like having personally lots of different areas where I'm kind of keeping records and recording things so the easiest thing that I found for me personally is to just use my work timesheet and put a line on the timesheet with no time against it but then put the comment down and just put a little bit of detail in there and also just note down how long it took me roughly to do that at CPD activity because then what I can do is I can just pull off my timesheets from the system at the end of the year, uh, delete everything that isn't CPD and just be left with 
all the CPD that I've done throughout a year. You might be able to do something similar if uh, you have to complete timesheets at work, but if you're working in-house, you're probably not going to have that luxury. But I suppose the point here is really try and figure out an easy way that you can record your CPD because if it's kind of hidden somewhere and it's out of the way and it's difficult to access, then you're just going to be put off from recording stuff down in there and you might also then miss the opportunity of recording some good CPD that you've done uh, because you didn't want to, I suppose, go out the way. So to make it as easy as possible for yourself to record it. It could be a list on your phone. It could be an email folder where you just keep a record of all your, all your CPD there. Whatever it is, I'm just trying to come up with some ideas to make it easy rather than having to go to, I don't know, say a separate spreadsheet that's saved on your personal computer at home. So let's move on to the actual activities that count towards your CPD. So as we've already talked about, CPD needs to be relevant to the work that you do. I'm going to start with my favourite CPD tasks and these are ones really that I do naturally and I've already talked about these a little bit but I'm just going to go into a little bit more detail and give you a few more examples. I suppose these are my favourite, it's because I would do them anyway so it is almost effortless in that respect. I don't need to go out my way to do something more complicated. So just last week as an example, um, there was a piece of client work that I was doing uh, in relation to the apprenticeship levy and there were some questions being asked about when companies are connected so that the apprenticeship levy has to be shared between them and although I had a decent idea of what the answer was, I went to the legislation to see exactly when companies were connected. I also compared that back to HMRC guidance and then also debated that with a colleague so that we could kind of figure out exactly where we stood on any ambiguities within that legislation and, and rule because there was quite a few, to be honest. So that was something that I did naturally. And although I'm using a particular example here, this happens all the time at work for me, and it, maybe it's the same for you as well. About two years ago um, as well, I had the luxury of working with a work coach to help me to progress and develop. And when I was going through my coaching sessions with this person, um, they actually recommended to me to read um, this one book, which I've mentioned already in the episode. It's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And they said to read that book because from their experience, everyone who had read this book had progressed much quicker than people who hadn't. And that was the first time that I really read a book in a, let's say, a professional development capacity. And that kind of started my enjoyment for doing that. And since then, I've read lots of books of a similar nature and I still do still do today. So this is something else that I do naturally, not particularly to meet CPD requirements, but it turns out that because it's to do with skills that I need and use on the job, that actually reading these books and then implementing what I learn from the books is actually CPD and it counts towards meeting the requirements. Some other books that I've read as well, there's one called Successful Consulting. It wasn't just in relation to being a tax consultant, but it was about being a consultant generally. And that talked through loads of different soft skills, giving case studies and examples of situations and, and how to approach those in a, in a good way. Uh, I've, I'm currently reading a book about how to tell better stories in business because they can make interactions more interesting and memorable so that they can help you to build relationships both with colleagues and potentially clients. I've also got a large book on 
managing people, so being a people manager, um, which I refer to when I would like a bit of guidance, I suppose, on something in particular, and then I read some of the topics that uh, just take my interest as well. So again, this is something that I do naturally anyway, because I enjoy reading these books and I, and I want to do it. But hopefully you can also see how reading these is going to be beneficial for my day job in improving and developing my skills that I need to do it well. So maybe reading books in a similar way to, to me is something that interests you as well. And if it does, great, because it can be a nice way to do some CPD. There will be links to all the books I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes. In my first tax job after university, uh, one of my responsibilities was to read the weekly taxation magazine and then to provide a summary of topics that were relevant to working in employment taxes to the team. I had a similar responsibility with just uh, general news as well um, and I would let the team know of uh, news articles that will be of interest and of use to the team. And so when I was doing this I found out early on that I <laughs> funnily, funnily enough enjoy reading tax magazines. I used to love this task in my first job having like a few hours to read the magazine and then summarize it for the team. I enjoyed doing that and so because I enjoyed doing it um, I've naturally continued to do that and I now read the Tax Advisor magazine monthly and I suppose the main reason I read Tax Advisor now over the Taxation magazine is because Tax Advisor is free with my CIOT membership but Tax Advisor, Taxation magazine, both good magazines and there are other good ones out there as well such as the Tax Journal I think it's called. So again, this is something that I naturally do that counts towards my CPD and maybe you could do this or something similar as well. And so what I do when it comes to the magazines, I don't necessarily read every article, um, but I read all the ones that are relevant to working in employment taxes, which is the area that I specialize in. And then I also read any articles that take my interest and that I would like to read uh, because that will help improve my general tax awareness too. So just like there's some tasks that I naturally enjoy doing and so just do them, I'm sure there's going to be something similar for you as well. So it's just about figuring out what those are and then if there's any, say, shortfall in your CPD requirements, then you just need to work those other extra parts in around those things that you enjoy. And for me, that becomes then an effortless but effective way to do your CPD. To help you figure out whether you already do anything that's going to count naturally towards your CPD or whether there's any that you could start doing. I'm just going to read out the list that is in the CIOT and ATT guidance. But just bear in mind that all of these activities that you do need to be relevant to your role. So the first one is attendance at branch talks, conferences, seminars, workshops, discussions at committee meetings and similar events organised by the CIOT or ATT and its branches and similar training organised by other professional bodies, professional firms and competences they all count towards your CPD. Two, uh, learning media, including podcasts and computer-based training packages. So, you know, listening to this podcast, for example, could count towards your CPD if it is relevant to your role. Three, learning at work, such as firms, training meetings, coaching and mentoring. Four, technical discussions on client matters, new legislation and case law, which is one that I've already mentioned that for me, I do naturally. Five, studying for a relevant further qualification. So that could be studying towards the ACA, for example, if you're already CTA qualified, that could be considered relevant. Six, developing and presenting relevant training material. 
7. Writing books, articles and reviews. If you're interested in getting your own articles published in tax magazines, then I can recommend that you go take a listen to episode 21 of the podcast where I was joined by Hannah Hurley, who basically explains this whole process from start to finish about how you can get your own articles published. 8. Reading technical journals such as Tax Advisor. 9. Researching the answer to technical queries. 10. Reading material relevant to your role, such as anti-money laundering or data protection guidance. 11. Reading professional standards material, for example, the professional rules and practice guidelines and professional conduct in relation to taxation. 12. Non-tax technical subjects, such as practice management, soft skills and IT skills as relevant to your role. As you can see, there's a pretty big list of things that will count towards your CPD requirements. Um, and I'm sure at least some of those you will do naturally. And then, of course, you can just build upon that with other things as well to make sure that you meet your CPD requirements within a CPD year. Just in summary then for this episode. Um, so CPD isn't just for technical knowledge, but it is also for other skills relevant to the work that you undertake by you in your job. You must self-certify each year keep records and be able to substantiate why the CPT that you've undertaken meets the requirements. You must record the CPD that you've undertaken. I use my timesheets at work to say of having multiple places to record different pieces of information because some CPD is done naturally at work. So you may be able to do something similar, but just have somewhere easy to record your CPD so there isn't a barrier to recording the activities that you undertake. You can approach CPD in whatever way that you like and whilst the CIOT and ATT suggests making a plan at the start of the year, I personally take a more fluid approach to this given that my requirements are going to change throughout the year. There's so many activities that you can do which will count towards your CPD and it is not just restricted to what I thought before I started doing my CPD to formal courses and trading which can cost a lot of money and also take up a lot of time. And if you want any more information at all about the CPD requirements, then I can just suggest that you take a look at the ATC and CIOT's guidance because I think it's really detailed um, and easy to follow. It even has a load of examples at the end which gives some perspective on what would be enough CPD within a CPD year. You can get a link to the ATT and CIOT CPD guidance as well as the books and other podcast episodes mentioned in this episode in the show notes. The show notes are at thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash TTPP24 and that just stands for the Tax Professionals Podcast episode 24. If you found the episode useful it would be great if you could please send the episode on to one other person who you think it would benefit to and if you haven't already, you can make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes which will benefit you and your tax career by heading on over to thetaxprofessionalspodcast.com forward slash subscribe. And if you sign up to email notifications, you will get a little email into your inbox each time a new episode comes out, giving a little bit of detail about the episode so you can decide whether or not it's relevant to you. But that's it for this episode. I hope you found the episode useful and have taken away some useful points so that you can progress and develop your tax career. Until next time.